0: Welcome back to Talking Lead. And I'll get the episode right this time. It's 128. And we're going to have a, another really big show for you guys. Uh, first off, I want to thank Peter Palma from last week. Uh, Peter's with uh, MS Clean, and he also does articles for Recoil Magazine. Uh, and speaking of the MS Clean kits, mine came in, and I was excited to get those the new Double Miss Clean kits. And I got the uh, red to carry my uh, medical stuff in, and I've got a black one that's got uh, all the gun cleaning, the new gun cleaning stuff that uh, that they're offering. So I haven't actually opened it up, so I'll open it up a little later in the show, and we'll talk about what all's in my Miss Clean kit. I'd like to thank, uh, again, Peter and Miss Clean, so you guys go check him out at misscleankits.com. And also check out Peter's... Uh, articles that he writes in Recall Magazine. Uh, he alluded that he's got a really cool, uh, Vortex article that he's gonna be writing on one of their new products. So I'm excited to see what that's gonna be. And we wanna thank and welcome aboard our new official sponsor, Tactical Walls. Tim, with Tactical Walls was on our show a couple episodes back. And, uh, they've decided to come on board and be lead heads. So, Make sure you go to tacticalwalls.com, and they've got a discount code set up for you leadheads, and it's all capital letters, all one word, leadhead, and you're going to get 7% off any of your orders there at Tactical Walls, and with the holidays coming up, if you guys haven't checked out Tactical Walls, you need to go check out the concealment furniture and gadgets that they have there, pretty cool stuff, and you've heard me talk about the, the clock can you guys see my clock back here? I've got. You see that, Jesse? I do. Yeah.
1: Right, so uh, <clears throat> they've got a bunch of neat stuff on their website, man. You could do your whole house up in that. and Just have about five hundred thousand firearms stashed everywhere.
0: I'm telling you, man. I mean, there's there's no reason not to to have them concealed and hidden and at the ready at every corner in your house. They make that possible at Tactical Wall, so go check them out. And uh, as you know, I've been advertising on Facebook and social media, who my guest is this week. It's Jesse, and I'm going to screw his last name up, Tishauer?
1: Yeah, that's pretty close, Tishhauser.
0: Tishhauser, okay. Almost like Doogie Hauser, but it's Tishhauser.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got that a lot when I was in the military. Did you really? Oh, man, all the time.
0: Oh, you're a big dude! Though. I bet you whooped some people's asses
1: over that one. I, occasionally, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, better. It was better than some of the alternatives, so I, I didn't. Uh, I don't mind there you go. Much.
0: The reason I said that was one of our trivia questions uh, back. Tactical walls. Uh, it had to do with Doogie Hauser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Welcome in to Jesse. Appreciate you joining us, and uh, we've also got. Uh, you know, my my, uh, we're gonna call you my co-host now. Is
2: that what we're doing, Casey? Uh, sure. We can do that if you want. Okay,
0: CG3G is co-hosting with us today for as long as he can until he gets called out on an emergency. So welcome in, Casey. Or don't say anything at all.
2: Or okay, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! I, mean, I don't know what you mean. I've okay. never,
0: know, never known you to be short on words, dude. Come on. I
2: uh, know. I'm sitting here listening because it was possible a uh, uh, CO poisoning is what they were talking about on the radio. So I was. Well, I was if you telling. were here in
0: at my house right now, you'd be experiencing CO poisoning. That's
2: for sure. Um. Yeah. It sounds like
0: <laughs> it. What did I do this weekend, guns? Nordic Component sent me some goodies. I've got a new muzzle brake for my 300 Blackout, the Corvette muzzle brake. I don't have it over here. I was going to show it to you guys. I'm anxious to try that one out. Uh, hunting season is coming up. Uh, actually, rival season starts this weekend here in Tennessee. So yes. I'm going to be taking taking that out and hopefully get me a big old buck. I've been told that there's a 10-pointer on my property east of here, Casey. Hmm. Sounds like mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then they also sent the competition uh, muzzle brake, and I put that on Tia's Mickey Mouse rifle. So she has yet to take her rifle out to shoot it, so we're going to take her rifle out here soon, get some videos of her shooting her Mickey Mouse rifle and the Nordic Components competition muzzle brake on that sucker. And he also sent us a couple of charging handles. Uh, We're going to try those out as well. One of them's got a badger latch, and then the other one's just the normal... But uh, I already switched them out in the guns, and I could just—I could feel a difference. They feel just—they feel sturdier. So yeah, so I'll be trying out those. And as we're going to find out later in the show, somebody—one of our lead heads—is going to win an MXT shotgun extension kit, and Jesse's going to be announcing the winner to that. But I've got one that I'm going to be trying out on my Remington 870, and I'm going to do a little uh, how-to install video. ...on that once I figure out how to install it. (laughs) But uh, I don't think they're too hard to install. They're pretty straightforward, right guys? Yeah, they are. You both have them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of those 870s have some uh, dimples inside the tube, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've done one before, and I'm not sure where the cutoff is because they've made 870s for all of eternity. But you you may have to get inside there with a Dremel or some sandpaper or something and, and knock off two nubs on each side of the tube. Okay. The shotgun I had, which was probably circa 1990, uh-huh. had those, had those inside there. I don't know if they still do. They're, they're probably a little more tactical now than they were back then.
0: Okay, good. good other tip. than that,
1: the Nordic side of it's pretty simple.
0: Would I be able just to shine a light down there and see it?
1: Yeah, they're right towards the end. You can hit it with a Dremel, is what I did, I believe.
0: Okay, all right. Well, that's easy enough to do then. Shouldn't be a problem. But if I have to do that, I'll do a little video showing showing doing all that stuff too. But
2: uh. Hope not. Yeah, for sure. Well I mean I could help you put it in there too, Marty, if you want to. I've okay. dealt with them a little bit, so Good deal. Yeah, you can help me do the video, man. You can yeah.
0: you can guest star in the video.
2: Well, uh, I've got another guy that wants to do a video on an Apex trigger that he just bought also, so I might want to hook you up with that too.
0: Um, okay. What do what do you get a trigger for? It's Smith and Wesson.
2: Okay. And he wants me to this one. So I've got the one for my Glock. Okay.
0: Yeah, that we need to do a video on that
2: also. Is that an yeah. Apex
0: trigger in the Glock? Yeah, it's their just their standard Glock Apex trigger,
1: the flat. I have not tried the Glock version. The MP and version is nice.
0: Okay.
2: Oh, I love well, we not- that red flat face forward set. Oh, that's just that's money. <laughs> We installed it
0: at the, um, the Trigicon Challenge, and we got to shoot it a little bit up there. And uh, it was pretty good. The ammo that I was using, I, I had some uh, reload ammo, 40 ammo that I was using, and it wasn't cycling real good, so I got frustrated. And after about two magazines, I was like, screw it, I'll try it later. So I need to take it take it out and try it again. Very cool. So uh, another big announcement that we've got is Talking Lead is now a part of Gun District. So go to GunDistrict.com and make sure you subscribe to the Talking Lead LLC page. And I don't really know what I'm doing at Gun District, as you guys are probably not surprised. I can't even work Instagram, but I'm figuring out, figuring it out. But I've got two pages. I've got just a Talking Lead page that I guess is just like my personal page. I don't know. And then I've got the Talking Lead LLC page set up.
2: So, um, do you guys, either one of you familiar with Gun District? I am just a little. I got on there last night trying to dabble around with it to see if, if I could figure it out. And it's got, I mean, it, it's got some neat features to it. There's obviously a lot of gun lovers on there. It's pro-gun. Yeah. That's the great part so,
0: so, in response yeah. to Peter and I's request last week for... A more gun-friendly Facebook type uh, social media. All you lead heads, and thank you for for sending us the links to uh, and telling us about Gun District. Um, so I went ahead and signed up there. We're gonna try it out. Uh, so all you lead heads, go to Gun District and uh, sign up, like our page, shoot us a message. Are we in a submarine? <laughs>
1: so, sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here at work, and apparently someone thinks we work at seven seven o'clock at night here.
0: Oh, is that a phone ring? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That sounded like sonar in a submarine. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That was cool. Live from my bunker.
0: There you go. Jesse also
2: owns a nuclear submarine. (laughs) It's the the Ford. Hey, is that next next to the Ford and the Mercedes? Yeah, that's it. Okay, just checking. I just want to make sure there. He's got it docked out back.
1: You wouldn't get too far in Oklahoma in a submarine.
2: Uh, <laughs> probably
0: not. All right, so what did you guys do this week in guns or firearms or gear? or What would you do that was just fun?
1: Man, I've been uh, the recipient of a bunch of Class 3 stuff here. You know, you do that paperwork on all that, and then it just shows up. Yeah. And, uh, so I've got a Silencer Co., Salvo 12, a new Osprey couple of 22 cans. I mean, I, I, I kind of went hog wild in the last year.
0: Did you uh, Did you set up one of those trust?
1: I did. Well, I didn't do it. I probably should have, but I've got a trust for my personal belongings, like my yeah. house and cars and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just put everything in there. And I, that may not be the way to go, but it was the easiest thing, so that's what I did. Yeah. Um, that's sure uh, that's what drive. everybody's
0: telling me to do is, is set up a trust for your uh, Class 3 stuff.
1: Yeah, you definitely, you definitely want to have a trust, but I just don't know if you want to have two separate trusts.
0: Right, yeah. That would be an attorney question, and I can't help you with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the first gun I bought, I just did it. Uh, you'll go down to the sheriff's department, do your fingerprints, wait for the sheriff to sign off. And now if I uh, meet my maker, someone's got to transfer that thing completely different than all the rest of my stuff. So. Uh, yeah,
0: or they just confiscate it.
1: That could be as well, yeah.
0: You know, and that's that's BS and that's the whole reason why people are setting up those trusts is if you do kick the bucket, then the government can't come in and just take your class three weapons. They go to whoever else is in the, the treasure. It stays with the trust, basically. Sure. That's why Oshlama was trying to get those outlawed.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't make sense, but I understand.
0: Well, it makes sense why you'd get one. It doesn't make sense why that jack wagon wants to outlaw them. Exactly. If they would just, they would just make them legal, then we wouldn't have to worry about it.
1: You yeah. know, I've been shooting with them. I've had a suppressor here for a few years, and it's it's been on a rifle I didn't shoot a lot. and. Now that I've got a few more of them, and I've been shooting like every time I go shoot, I actually went out before the show and shot my shotgun, and I forgot to put earplugs in because I've been used to shooting with suppressors, (laughs) and that wasn't fun, obviously, once I cracked off that first round. Oh, I bet. It's just so much more fun to shoot when you don't have to worry about hearing protection. You know, you're just out there plinking, having a good time.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, It cuts down on the stress level,
1: too. Well, my neighbors definitely appreciate it, I'm sure. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, that's all the more reason why they should be legal. I mean, one, for your health. It it (sighs) definitely helps protect your ears. So it cuts down on uh, ear damage, hearing loss for people, not only for the people shooting, but for the the nearby people, too, who don't necessarily want to hear, you know, all the loud bang, bang, bangs going off. So then it gives you the opportunity
2: to practice more and not piss off your neighbors.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I didn't need
2: to be one because Troy Industries has them too and and money. Uh, yeah,
0: really, who who cares if you're out hunting with a suppressor? State <clears> of <throat> Tennessee is legal, you know that, right?
1: Yep. So Yeah, Oklahoma, they just passed that I think last year you could hunt with it now. So all the all the coyote hunters, all that kind of stuff are definitely running cans on all their three oh 223s.
0: Well, it makes sense. I mean if you're gonna get camoed up and you're trying to descent and you know, all that's legal. Why wouldn't a suppressor be legal too? I mean, you're trying to say stay quiet and concealed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Good really know the, really know the history of that. Why it, why they ever became you know a- be-
0: because murderers and assassins use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the argument you get from these, sure. these boneheads that try to defend you know.
1: Was there ever a time to- in time in the world where they were prevalent? Like, I mean, everyone had one on their rifle. Was it back in the 1960s? I don't You never see any westerns with them. No, they uh, definitely didn't have them back then.
0: You, you don't really see any like uh, World War One or World War Two era type movies where they're using them. Uh, you see them in James Bond occasionally.
2: Well, now, I don't know about that World War One or World War Two. There's yeah. very select. There is a few, but in production, but they weren't mass produced for soldiers.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about seeing them in movies Right. seen them in in mass mass media type exposure yeah you, know, you just you don't to, don't really to see to look
2: them. At the history on that stuff once before and they were being produced but not mass produced for soldiers only from the specialized right soldiers like secret oh so soldiers. I've got a I've got a question
0: um are you guys familiar with Ares armor at all
1: mm-hmm I know, the, I know the name, but not, I'm not. All right. Not so they've got
0: this it. muzzle brake that's called the breathe, and basically what it looks like is the inside baffles of a suppressor. It just doesn't have a, a can over it, and they've got all these disclaimers and you know things saying that it's not a suppressor, <coughs> it's completely legal. We've done all these modifications to it so you can't, you know, convert it to a suppressor. Blah 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 blah. I don't. I don't get that, why do the, why they have to go to all that trouble. If it's not a suppressor, it's not a suppressor. You know? But I got to researching it, and it's like, if it could be easily made into a suppressor, then it has to be categorized as a suppressor. Same thing with like a, you know, like those AR pistols and the SIG brace thing that they've got going on right now. Sure. You know, that, that argument that they've got going on. Um, but can't you take a uh, what are those oil things, oil cans that people? An oil, oil filter. Filters. Yeah. Filters. Can't you convert that and put that on your gun and make it a, a suppressor? Doesn't that yeah. suppress? So should those need to be F 8 now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, it's the same thing a lot like a lawnmower muffler. People were taking those at one point because there was a certain company that made one that the baffles on the inside of it. Yeah. Reducing the sound enough to silence it.
1: Wow. I know. I mean, so
2: so what? <laughs> so what? You got a quiet gun now. Big deal. You can take a 22 <laughs> and put a coke bottle on the end of it with a little bit of water in it and get yeah. like one or two silent shots. Or you could wrap a
0: <laughs> a shirt around and I
2: don't know,
0: it's ridiculous.
1: It really is. So
0: anyway, I ordered one of those Aries Breeze.
1: <laughs> that thing does look like a uh, the baffle stack and a suppressor, though.
0: Did you look it up? It does, mm-hmm. doesn't
1: it? Yeah, I, I like the, I like the F and like the name on the other uh, compensator they have.
0: <laughs> I've got one of those too. Those are pretty badass too. F and A, man. F and A. But read read all those uh, disclaimers they've got on the Breeze it's, since you got it pulled up there, Jesse.
2: Well, he's got, I am going want to pull it up now.
1: Wow, there's a whole letter to the ATF. <laughs> I, I know it. Holy sh... That thing's huge.
0: Yeah, you could put it on your 10.5-inch barrel and pin and weld it, and then it makes it a 16-inch.
2: Wow. Really? Okay. Well, that's the news to me.
0: No, read them out loud. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> read, read them for, the, for our listeners. It's got the legal definition of a silencer. Will the ATF determine this to be a silencer? So they're basically trying to cover their tracks, like if you buy this, it's not going to be outlawed.
0: Right. And if if they do outlaw it, they're threatening to, to sue and sue the ATF and blah, blah, blah. Of course, this anybody to- who's familiar with Ares Armors know that they've got a history of trouble with the ATF with their 80% lowers and, uh, sure. and other things like that that... In the past, and then, and they've been prevalent. They've won so far, I think. They've been proven to be justified uh, in all their sales so far.
1: I like Do part. I, I like part C. This device is intended to be aesthetically awesome. <laughs> 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 I wonder how that
2: thing would go go in a three gun.
1: I think it would be a little long for the uh, the rules.
2: Uh, yeah, probably. But I wonder if you could hide it with like a, you know, some of your local matches, and they don't really check all that. Well, it, so. if you if you did a ten and
0: a half inch barrel and you pin yeah. welded it on it, then it would be a sixteen inch barrel. Sure. But for yeah. competition, why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, I mean, just <laughs> you, wouldn't. you wouldn't. You <laughs> wouldn't.
1: Just I just have. to look aesthetically awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. So to be aesthetically awesome. But the whole point of it is, I think, is that if you have the the right ingenuity, you
2: can make it a suppressor you could just throw a tube, a piece of pipe over the top of it, and it's a a silencer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. I'll order one. We'll we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to. If the NFA is listening, BTAF is listening, I am not going to have no intentions of converting it to a suppressor.
1: (laughs) Now, could you convert it to a suppressor and apply for a tax stamp on it?
0: Yeah, you could. You could do that as long as you apply for the tax stamp for it. Just like uh, an AR pistol and you decide you want to put a um, buttstock on it.
1: Same difference, Form 4 type thing.
0: Right. You send in the forms and apply for it. But you can't use it until.
1: Oh, no, of course not.
0: Until your crap gets up. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't take pictures for Instagram, I think, though. You can't.
2: <laughs> Just just don't say you're using it.
1: Yeah, no shots fired.
2: It's kinda of like the SIG brace. Don't shoulder the SIG brace.
1: Yeah, now, if okay. you use if, what if what if you're wearing a puffy jacket in the wintertime? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there it is. The <laughs> <My> train's gonna
0: <laughs> Well I posted a video Yeah, there's the Orient Express. There it is. I believe the jack wagon train is early. <laughs> How often do they run there in Oklahoma? About every 10 minutes?
1: Oh, just when I do podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just when you do the talking lead show?
1: Yeah. Usually, yeah, when I'm on my range taking a video or something, trying to do the talking. Oh, things, no no Never uh, fails.
0: But what I was what I was saying is I posted a video of me shooting. I just recently built an AR pistol with a SIG brace, and uh, I was at, um, where were we at, Casey? The... Um, the IV-888 YouTube shoot. Yeah, a rack right shoot. And uh, I was shooting it there, and it looks like I've got it shouldered, but I actually just have it up to my cheek. And immediately, I mean, once I put that up, people are starting just commenting, like, oh, you know, that's not legal. You're not supposed to do that. You're going to have the ATF, BT-ATF on you, blah, 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 blah. I was like, one, how do you even know? I mean, it's mine. It could be the registered owner could be there. It could be registered as a short barrel rifle, you know, and – or I could have it and I could have it registered as a short barrel rifle. I don't, you know, it's just a pistol, an AR pistol. Uh, and then two, I mean, you can't tell how I'm shooting it, you know, it's not shouldered. But that's my whole argument with that too, is just by somebody misusing what it was intended for doesn't change what it is. You know, it's still an AR pistol, even though somebody's shouldering it or Whatever they do with it, but the but the BATF is saying that that changes the category
1: of the the weapon, which is ludicrous. That was a real nice workaround there for quite a while. I, I've got a few of them in my safe, and they were
0: well. They're still legal to own. It. You can
1: use yeah. them as as long as you don't shoulder it. You can put it up to your cheek. You can you know
0: shoot it like around your arm, wrap it around your arm. You could do old style um, German, you know, from the hip. <laughs> Stormtrooper shooting, Star Wars stormtroopers. Uh, that was for Peter Palma, by the way. Peter hates Star Wars. <laughs> but I was getting into what you guys did with guns this week. So uh, Jesse was in his submarine. Yeah. so <laughs>
1: I've done a bunch of uh, just me, you know. Usually a normal middle middle of the season, I'm out shooting, practicing. I don't really plink a lot, but like I said, I've got all these new hot fun suppressors. And I've got the Selvo 12. I got that Nordic Components uh, nine and a half inch NC 22 upper with a little uh, uh, Sparrow can on the end of it, and it's just nice. so much fun. God, is that,
2: so, is that I mean, is that thing pretty awesome to shoot? I mean, I, was, I was just wondering myself. Yeah, but,
1: I actually yeah, had one of the one? I actually had one of the original ones back in like 2011, and we used to have rifle matches here in Oklahoma City area. So we would shoot 22, and then I would shoot 223. You could do both. Um, and it was so much fun. You know, I, have actually got like uh, six or seven drum mag, 50 round drum mags. So I'd load all those up the night before because they take forever to load, go to the match and just shoot nonstop. But, yeah. uh, adding that can to that nine and a half inch gun. Oh my gosh. It is by far the most fun firearm that I have right now. Just because it's so quiet and, uh, just it's light, short, cool.
0: And you can pop that on any of your, your lowers, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've got an SBR lower because it's only nine and a half inches. So mm-hmm. that's what it sits on, but yeah, I mean, uh, the as far as
0: compatibility goes, it's just you, it's just like any other upper, AR upper. You just pop the pins, you put it on. Is there any other kind of conversions you need for that? Or is
1: no, there anything not at all. Just built into it. It's it's just a blowback design, so all the spring and everything is inside the receiver. I've yeah. actually I bought one of those uber cool uh, law tactical folding stock adapters, which, Sweet. which for the two two three or you know three hundred blackout, they come with this little extension to get past all the extra length in the. In the buffer tube to make it everything work, but with that 22, you don't have to have a buffer, so you can actually shoot it with the stock fold, you know, just like uh, you were saying German style from the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's no you know no negative uh, negative feedback from not having the buffer in there, so it, it's perfect for that setup. Very cool.
0: Yeah, the video that you did um, with the Nordic shooting in the pond there with uh-huh. the, was that a 50 round drum you had on there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you just tore through that man, and it was quiet.
1: It's it is extremely
0: quiet. With,
1: with subsonic ammo, it's ridiculous. It's so much fun.
0: Thought maybe you might be shooting uh, uh, your submarine guys down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where you, that's where you keep your submarine back there in that pond, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Casey, what did you do this week?
2: Uh, basically, I just took, went out and shot. I tried out some more of the ammo from my sponsor, Detroit Ammunition Company. Yeah. Went out and shot some more of it, and tried to do some grouping and see how it was holding up. And their ammo actually does really good. And speaking of which, Jesse, they actually do uh, subsonic ammunition. That's one of their specialties. Nice. A lot of guys seem to like that ammo, and uh, I man, it's it's solid. I was actually pretty shocked. It actually runs really well through my Smith and Wesson. Um, it's about I don't forget how many. It's 940 feet per second. Gives me enough power factor for steel, and it cycles really well through the uh, through the nine mil. So I mean, it's it's solid. I like it. And the two two three holds pretty good. It's full metal jacket. Uh, I mean, it's not match ammunition. You know, when we go out stretch out any further than 300 yards, you probably want something like a ballistic tip or something else. But, um, you know, it holds well for standard 55 grain full metal jacket ammo. Cool. Did you go with, said, out with Al and shoot some of that? Yeah, I actually went down to Al's place and shot some of that stuff. We pulled out some more steel and done a little practice on some uh, plate racks and all that stuff. So it was, uh, it actually holds very well.
1: Cool. Nice. So you're using the uh, the 9mm subsonics. For your gamer loads for three gun, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean it really <laughs> 900, 940 feet per second. It does just fine.
1: Yeah. So are you one of these guys that like will stack their magazine? Like you got the gamer loads for the paper, and then you know you got some steel coming up, so you're like, okay, I better put some one fifteens in here that are a little hotter.
2: <laughs> no, I don't do any of that stuff. I just have to run with it all because most of the places that I've shot so far has been just you know basic. Uh, I don't know fifty by forty bays. You know, just basic areas. So. If I'm going to go out further, I'm probably going to use some hollow points or something like that to get out a little further, some better ammo, with a little bit more sure. speed. I'm <laughs> so, probably going to need that.
1: <laughs> yeah, You just got to watch go out ahead. for those, those heavy poppers. You run up against that, and there you are, double tapping, triple tapping, trying to rock, right. rock it backwards like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. Those LaRue's or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, exactly, same same concept.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but so far, it's holding up really well just for the small plate racks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not really doing too bad. Now, I do have some hotter loads. that are pushing some pretty good power. Is all
0: they make is subsonic, or do they make supersonic, too? No, the
2: 223 is supersonic, but they do do subsonic. I was talking about the 9. The 9, as of right now, all they do is a subsonic. Okay. Uh, But they probably will do some special loads. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Ezio, so I don't know exactly what he will do.
0: Yeah. All right, so what do you guys know about ankle holsters? I know very
1: very little. Very little?
0: Well, I've had one now for I think it was a it was a Blackhawk. I think I had a Blackhawk ankle holster for the past almost four years, and it just broke the other day. And it was the little uh, the little piece that has the plastic that when you go around your ankle, you loop it back around and then pull it tight. That little part came unstitched, I guess, from the main part of it. So I'm in the market for a new ankle holster. So if you guys have any suggestions but it doesn't sound like you know much about them. So, Leadheads, I'm turning to you. I need some suggestions on my next ankle holster for the Glock 27. So, send me your suggestions via uh, Facebook. Go to Facebook or you- Gmail if you're not on Facebook because some of our listeners aren't on Whoa. Facebook.
2: Jesse, are you sponsored by any like holster companies or anything like that? I not uh, I run
1: Blade Tech Gear.
2: Okay, well, I do too. And I'm trying to remember if Blade Tech has ankle holsters.
1: I was just trying to Google that same thing.
2: That's what I'm sitting here well, doing. They're definitely not, they're definitely, well, wait a
1: minute. They're definitely not popular in 3-gun. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: should be, though. They should have a stage where you have to break out your ankle holster.
1: Kerry. Well, I think IDPA has done some stuff like that at their little bug gun nationals. I know I've seen yeah. something similar. It may not actually, have been actually draw from an ankle holster, but it simulates stuff like that. Real life yeah. scenario sort of thing. That would be cool. That would
2: definitely be cool.
1: I'm looking at
2: their lists right now, and I don't see... Not seeing any ankles? I see outside the waistband, inside the waistband, and duty duty holsters. So I don't...
0: Duty. He said duty. duty.
2: Yeah, duty. <laughs> 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 I'm not saying... Now, that's not to say that they don't make them, because I don't know. Because I don't know... If, um, Sergeant Major Lamb from... Are they, are they all
0: kind of a Kydex, Blade Tech? Are they all the hard plastic kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, they've got some leather back stuff, kind of like a crossbreed, but I think it's uh, I think the leather, I think the out- leather's outsourced. Okay.
0: Because the ankle holster's got to be soft material. You can't have that hard Kydex down on your ankle.
1: Yeah, Kydex is definitely their specialty. Yeah, but I
0: guess you could have maybe a leather backed Kydex, because it'd be up, that'd be against your flesh. It could be soft that way. I don't know. Any where, suggestions you let heads have? Send it to me.
1: Where do you run an ankle holster? All the way down at your actual ankle, or do you run it up? By your calf or how did, what keeps it up? Just depends tension, but, uh, uh, yeah, the
0: just the just the tension and then the shoe itself. So it depends on whether I'm wearing a boot or if I'm wearing a shoe to where where it actually goes. But yeah, either either the shoe or the boot will <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that jack wagon train is raring to go this week. We must have a full load.
1: Come on ride the train. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're not in Colorado?
0: That's the Coors Light truck Light train.
2: <laughs> I wish. Mm-hmm. You'd have a constant supply.
1: Yeah, yeah. probably. It, it, the train often stops here, or slows down. I probably could get on there and get a few cases off if that was the case. That would be awesome. That's or that's uh,
0: that's Jesse's uh, beer supply for the week. Backing up, of course. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like train back it up to his', his cooler
2: <laughs> yeah
0: party it Jesse's but the ankle holster it has the tension the wrap that you wrap around and usually it's like a velcro that will secure it after you've wrapped it just i guess the the gravity of you know how your ankle will spread out and be a little bit wider down at the lower part of your foot right right above the ankle so that i guess kind of keeps it in place too but I've never had any problem with it sliding up or down
2: if you'll watch Viking Tactics, I don't know if it was Viking Tactics or if it was 5'11". Sergeant Major Lamb just done a video on concealability and places that you can do that. And I don't know if he mentions the name of the ankle holster that he had in the video or not.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Casey had to unexpectedly uh, take an emergency call, so he may or may not be back to join us. But, uh, this would be a good segue to get to our Jack Wagon of the Week.
2: Hey, Ralph Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and 9th. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Whoa.
0: Jesse, who is your Jack Wagon this week?
1: My Jack Wagon of the Week is the L.A. Police Department. I don't know if you saw the story. Uh, it actually happened a little while, a few weeks back, where, uh, Dan Bilzerian, the, uh, Yeah, actor slash Instagram Playboy. Uh huh. He was out of town, and someone broke into his. I guess he lives in Hollywood or somewhere over there. Broke into his house, tried to steal all those guns he shows off on Instagram all the time. Right. And somebody
0: actually tried to jack him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he shows pictures of that of that room he's got there, and it's it's obviously a safe room full of guns. You're probably not going to get in there without a tank. Right. So someone broke in. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know that they got anything. But uh, the police show up. And the story says that uh, they confiscated nine of his firearms after the burglary. The burglary was in September. And the reason they did so was to make sure that no one could come back and get those. So he must have had these like in a closet or in his nightstand or something. (laughs) What? Yeah.
0: They confiscated them so nobody else could come get them.
1: I'll I'll read it verbatim. The officers told my assistant that they took the handguns because they didn't want the suspects to come back and get them on a second break-in, even though they were unsuccessful at opening the steel-reinforced doors the first time. (laughs) Okay. Essentially, they were trying to protect my property and people's safety. He said, this is hard to, hard to grasp when they left my $21,000 FN SCAR-17 with thermal optic and shotgun unsecured in the same room.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. the, the real did he
0: kick- get them back? I'm, I'm assuming he did.
1: Yeah, that's the kicker. He got the firearms back, but uh, he claims that there was ammunition along with them that he has yet to see. Okay. So, so he didn't get the, the ammunition back with the guns
0: like he's not going to be able to go buy more ammunition.
1: Yeah, true, true, but it's the it's the principle of it.
0: So they probably took the ammo out and just disposed of it for safety.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right.
0: Oh my gosh. So did he like did he sue them or anything?
1: I have not seen anything like that. I would sure I would assume I've it's probably I've not heard that story. That's a good story. It's probably not in his best interest to sue the the police out there. No, but Over you know, they but.
0: They had his best interest at heart. It's like, you know what, dude's probably out of town for a month or two months or something. He's traveling. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, you know, uh-huh. you know what, these guys may come back. They may find these. Apparently, they were just out somewhere, not in his safe, outside of the safe.
1: Well, if you follow his Instagram, he's got a scar seventeen or scar sixteen one, whatever it is, sitting like it hangs above his bed. And they're just yeah. like, pictures of like scantily clad women laying in the bed and, and the, the nice. firearm right above it. So it may be that one that they didn't take. And it's just, it sounds kind of bizarre.
0: Okay. But did the guys, did the thieves get anything?
1: It does not say that they did. I, I don't remember the original story, but I don't think they were successful in getting into the safe. Okay.
0: But the police so, were successful in taking his.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. In
0: stealing his firearm. I wonder if they actually, uh, the reason there was no ammo in them is they shot him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what i would have done i'm not gonna lie
0: They're Like these are cool ass guns let's go to oh. the range and shoot them yeah he's
1: got a ton of full auto stuff i mean i'm sure you've seen his videos of him shooting his i really eating. haven't oh man huh. he, he's one of the most entertaining guys on instagram especially if you're into to gambling guns and women
0: gambling guns and women my kind of guy yeah. and his name is dan brazilian
1: bill Zerian. b-i-l-z-e-r-i-a-n
0: bill, is that a real last name or is that a made-up last name
1: That, I don't know. I know he's, uh, he's been in some movies as a, you know, an extra, uh, uh, kind of the off, off key bad guy. He'll usually get whacked pretty, pretty early in some of the movies I've seen him in, but he's a big, uh, big poker guy. The the rumor is, is that he, his dad left him a bunch of money. So he's, that's right. Yeah. And he's just a playboy and gets to do all the stuff that most single men would die to do.
0: Right. That's where I've heard his name is through the World Series of Poker,
1: I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's big. He'll always have Instagram pictures in Vegas with just stacks of $10,000 chips, $100,000 chips.
0: Yeah. Cause that's my, that's my dream. Like if I like ever win the lottery and get millions and millions of dollars is I'm just going to, I'm going to play Texas
1: Hold'em. That would definitely be a good way to get rid of it or, <laughs> or, 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 or double it.
0: Yeah. But the way I play poker. I, I, have, I would have to be a multi-millionaire because I would be losing all the time. So that's the only way I'd be able to go and play Texas Hold'em.
1: It's just like anything. It takes practice.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I've been playing for teen years now and I still suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man's got to know his limitations. I think I, I know mine. Do I think you guys is. have
1: a lot of casinos up there in, in uh, your neck of the woods?
0: No, man, Tennessee. We don't have any casinos here. Oh, um, my now, just up the road a little bit in Indiana, there's casinos. That's about a four-hour trip, I think. Oh wow! And then we could head on down to New Orleans and do a little gambling down there, or we just jump jump on a jet plane and hit Vegas and be in Vegas in you know three four hours. There Southwest you Airlines, baby. Shot show, <laughs> shot show. Yes, sir. I love the craps tables.
1: Mm, that gets ugly.
0: It does, but it's fun. That's that's actually one gambling game that I'm good at. I am good at craps.
1: That is tough. I actually read a book to try to learn how to play it. We went on a trip to Vegas one time, and that was the goal. Goal was to play craps the whole time. And man, you've got to you've got to be willing to go deep into the into the wallet. And you've really got to I mean, know what to bet on.
0: You've got well, you've got to start off playing like a novice when you first start off. You just bet the line. Don't do all those extra field bets and all that crap because that's where they take your money. True. The odds are the odds are playing the line. If you play the line, build your stack up, and then once you get up, then sparingly pe- play out in the field a little bit. Then that's how you do it. What I always do is I just play dumb when I'm there. And the freaking uh, I don't know what they're called, the dice people. They're not dealers. I don't know what they call them, but they'll tell you what you need to do. Sure. And, and it's like if you're doing something that's stupid, they're like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. Just act like you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and they'll take
1: care of you. Gotcha. <laughs> there, there is a lot to bet on It's 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 a game, that's for sure It is,
0: it is I mean, there's a blue bazillion ways for you to throw your money away on craps But it's one of the, it, next to blackjack It's the, I think you get the second best odds in the house
1: Yes, that's true It's definitely fun, man It gets exciting when people are winning, it's a party Oh, no doubt, I love it So, you're going to SHOT Show? I am, yeah I've been going for, what, probably three years now Kind of since I turned into a pro Yeah Doing. The, so, let's
0: talk about that Let's, let's talk about uh, Jesse Tischhauser's <laughs> journey into the competition shooting world. So how did you get involved with all this?
1: Well, I started shooting uh, competitively in 2009. I actually used to work in the oil field here in Oklahoma, and I shot a little, uh, I guess, a knockoff IDPA match. And it's the first time I ever did any action-type shooting where you'd shoot, you run around, and you shoot some more. And I was, I was ecstatic. It was the most fun I'd ever had shooting. So I started cool. talking to some guys at work about what we were doing at this this uh, indoor IDPA match. And they said, oh, that sounds like USPSA mm-hmm. or IPSC. I was like, well, what mm-hmm. the hell is that? So I jumped on the computer, started Googling. And lo and behold, we've got a, a gun range here in Oklahoma called Oklahoma City Gun Club. And it's one of the, you know, we've probably got 2,000 members here. It's ginormous. We take up a whole section of land.
0: Wow, that's huge. Yeah.
1: So they've got a match every month. And I, I went out there, you know, like the next weekend shot the match, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, six months later, I found three-gun and started shooting that. And I it was sucked. all over from there. Yeah, right? man, I, I sucked terribly, and I love shooting, and I didn't want to continue sucking, so I practiced and learned more and watched YouTube videos and basically just, you know, kept trying to get better and better and better through shooting. So
0: Yeah. Uh, just like you said, that's really the only way to get better at something is, is to keep practicing, keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean I've always been a gun guy. My dad was uh he was a Vietnam vet. He always had firearms. He had a FFL. He collected guns. I mean, I second I could pull the trigger, I was pulling the trigger. I went off to college, lived in the city and never really shot for about 10 years. You know, had a couple firearms but probably didn't even have ammo for half of them. And <laughs> did some sporting clays type stuff cuz the oil field down here is big on sporting clays. It's like golf for uh for uh th- those guys a lot of times. And mm. that was that was fun, but I mean you you know you shoot a few rounds of sporting clays and it gets a little monotonous, same old, same old. And the action shooting stuff, that's one of the most exciting things of it. It's always different. You're never shooting the same thing over and over again like you would with bullseye or trap or skeet. So, uh, man, I've been hooked. I guess I finally got to the point this year where I'm almost sick of trying to get better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's called complacency, man. You don't want to get complacent. Yeah. So how long have you been doing it now? Four years?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I would say I turned pro in probably about 2012, 2011. That's when okay. I, I started traveling the country, started seeking sponsors, trying to get paid to do it. And I shouldn't say get paid. I should say trying to stop losing money doing it.
0: There you go. Spend somebody else's money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So we, we had this discussion a, sh- a few shows back. I can't remember who was on with me, but we were trying to determine at what point um, determines that you're a professional. Uh, like in other sports, there's a clear defined, you know, you're either an amateur or you're a professional. How is it in, in the shooting world, three gun competition? What determines that?
1: Well, it's always kind of a, a topic of discussion. I mean, obviously you got guys like Jerry Mikulik, uh, Rob Latham. Those guys are professional shooters. They may represent a company and do some sales work or shot show appearances, that sort of thing. But their primary goal is to win matches and get paid doing so.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in three gun, there's a, a company or organization called three gun nation. They've, mm-hmm. been, around, they've been around since about 2010, 2011. Three years ago, they created a TV show. Well, they've had the TV show the whole time, but they created the Three Gun Nation Pro series where you had to qualify and then the show was based solely around these top 50 guys and top, I think it's 10 women that qualified to be on the TV show. And so that in Three Gun, there's actually a distinct line. If you want to be a, you know, a qualified pro, you've got to qualify for that TV show and shoot on that series.
0: Do they only allow so many or? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah. The first year, I think it was like 32, and now they bumped it up to, it's like 56 or something to that effect.
0: And that, this is all through the Three Gun Nation. So they kind of took it upon themselves to set the standard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it's changed every year because they're growing. They're, they're basically like Ipsic was or IDPA was 20 years ago. You know, they just started, uh, they have club series matches, like your local club there in Tennessee. There's probably one or two of them that are members of the Three Gun Nation club series. So you can go out and shoot Three Gun Nation match every month. And then they've got a regional series, which is uh, six bigger matches, kind of like what you went to, to the Brownells Pro-Am, something similar to that, where guys will, guys will travel from all over the country to shoot them. You can earn your way to the Nationals at the end of the season, which is also the qualifier for the next season's Pro Series. And you can do that through the club series or the regional series. So, you base Is it, it all
0: based on points or what is it? How do they base it?
1: Uh, The club series, you basically you win like your club, and then you get an invitation to the Nationals. If you shoot the regional series and you finish in the top X percentile, you get an invitation. So this year there was probably uh, 100 invitations sent out, and they took Mm -hmm. 16 of those 100 uh, to the pro series. So the bottom 16 pro men lose their pro card, and then the top guys at the Nationals get, get their card back or earn their card for the first time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It kind of, kind of, you know, like you said, we're always, you know, there's a bunch of guys with logos and jerseys and all that stuff. And, and what really makes you a pro? I don't make my living shooting, but, you know, I get paid to shoot. And, but having the, having the pro series, you've actually got something to say, okay, I'm here and this guy is, and you know, this, I'm not here and, and this guy is, and that's where I want to get to. Now, do they have a
0: ranking system? Like, you know, this guy's number one, this guy's number two, this is number three, or is it just the top 50 or whatever? I mean, we've got 50 people and, in- they're professionals.
1: The last, the first two years of the pro series, they did have a ranking system because what, what they would do is we'd all show up and it was actually shot here in Tulsa, which was great for me because I could just drive up the highway an hour. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, we all 50 would get together at the same match and we'd shoot this made for TV type match. And then at the end of the year, those, we shot, I think four matches. They would have a ranking based on your times and placements at all those matches. This year, they kind of changed things up. They changed the format completely trying to make it a little more TV friendly. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they kind of copied the format of American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: I'm not well, familiar with that either. <laughs> well,
1: if you you've never seen American Ninja Warrior, on, I think it's on like I NBC or something. It's mainstream.
0: I don't I don't have like regular cable.
1: Gotcha. Well, it's basically uh, the, 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 what they do is unimportant, but uh, the scenario is is they set up these courses of fire, or they're you know they're like uh, gymnasts almost athletic okay. dudes they take these little courses and they run through them and the fastest guy wins what these what like three,
0: obstacle course
1: kind of yeah, things exactly yeah okay. you climb ropes you jump off stuff you flip I mean, it's all it's it's pretty neat they're they're pretty talented guys got to uh,
0: watch it it's called yeah,
1: american american ninja warrior yeah it's it's pretty fun i was actually deviating on it for a while there but so they copied that format where they took the 50 guys and broke us up into actually it was like 48 guys i think eight groups of 6 or six groups of 8 and we those six guys just showed up at one match uh, they do two per weekend, and so they had like, uh, what is it, four dates. A group of six guys would show up, and they filmed it all at night under the lights, all this cool stuff, and all of us shot the same exact scenario, and it was elimination-based. So you shot the first stage, and two guys that were the fastest guys, they moved on to the next stage. Okay. The bottom four guys or three guys had to go to the eliminator, which was a small portion of that stage we just shot, which is usually the, the most difficult part or the, the most entertaining for TV as well. <laughs> and then right. We'd shoot that and then the best guy out of those two or three would move on. And then you go do the next stage. Same thing happened. The top two guys would roll on. The bottom guys would go to the eliminator. So there was always consequences. Every stage was, you know, the, the, the stages were a little more simple. So you could see steel falling. Uh, if you've ever watched shooting on shooting USA or some of the shooting shows, it's not always the easiest to see what we're shooting at or how we're running around through these mazes. Cause you've, you know, right. if you've, especially if you've never done it, you have no clue. Now what, the
0: show I'm familiar with is Top Shot. Yeah. It's
1: it's set up on the same premise where there's consequences every week. You know, someone's going home; these guys move on, and basically at the end of the season, the top uh, eight guys got to go shoot for fifty thousand dollars. Sweet. Yeah. So now is
0: that show still on?
1: Three Gun Nation. Yeah. It actually the the yeah. season finale, the fifty thousand dollars show just aired uh, Monday, Monday night. So it'll probably air again this week sometime in okay. the middle of the night or something like that. I'll
0: take it. You've been on the show.
1: Yeah, I've been on the You're show. Have since... to forgive
0: my my ignorance. I'm just yeah. getting into Three Gun. Yeah. No, tell me about it. So you're, yeah, you're always, I was
1: on the show this year and I got knocked out in like the second round of my episode, so I didn't get to go to the fifty thousand dollars shootout this year. But uh, in years past, I've been in it. I uh, haven't won the fifty grand, but uh,
0: last so you get an opportunity to go back and try it each year. Yeah, yeah. You're qualifying.
1: Basically, what happened was the guys that got knocked out in the first round, the two guys that got knocked out in each first round. There was eight of them, eight, eight rounds, two guys, so sixteen people lost their pro card that night, and those guys had. to uh, they had to requalify. So I made it to the second round. So I kept my pro card. So I just get to show up again next year and shoot. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's so, pretty fun. Uh,
0: so how, so 2010, you said is when they started that?
1: I think so. Yeah. Okay. So they're going in like their six year. Yeah. Back then they, what, what they would do is they would just come to big matches like the pro am and they'd film guys. They would just film shooters They'd show the match. Yeah. And, uh, they just—they've been evolving every year. It's changed every year.
0: Now, is this this isn't set up? Is it set up reality style TV, or is it set up more like you remember the old Wild World of Sports kind of thing?
1: No, it's definitely not reality based. I mean, but good. They, they, <laughs> yeah. It's not like Top Shot where they stick you in a house and they hope. Yeah, that, and
0: you're sitting there talking about each other and. You know, yeah, yeah. I tried. For,
1: I tried out for Top Shot. and I didn't make it because I wasn't a big enough asshole. I think <laughs> you
0: aren't dubious <laughs> enough, right? Exactly. You weren't conniving. But,
1: but, they've, <laughs> but they've kind of gone that route. You know, they, they have us all mic'd up for the match, and they set us all in one area, and they, they uh, instantly catch your reaction, everything that happens, and trying to make it more, I mean, because obviously reality TV is very popular right now, and they want to have oh, things yeah. happen instantly. So yeah. it had some of that feel, but it definitely was all, I mean, it was us shooting. Now, do, they
0: ever, do they ever coach you and say, all right, Jesse, on this stage, you know, when you get done, we want you to do this.
1: No, I pretty much, I pretty much knew what they wanted to see. <laughs> okay. okay. So you don't need coaching. You're a natural. Yeah. Well, you, you do it long enough. And I mean, obviously, excitement sells. So whether if you just, you know, you shoot your stage, you do good or bad, you turn around and say, well, I'm just here for the fun of it. You know, no one's going to want to watch that on TV. You've got to have, you've got to have some personality and, and some, you got to have some pizzazz. Yeah, exactly. So I actually, in, in my scenario, I, I shot like an asshole that whole match. <laughs> uh, I did really well, but I kept getting penalties. And, and one of them was kind of a, a, it wasn't a kind of a, it was a very controversial call. Like I just stepped over a fault line and had a penalty, and it, it cost me from winning the stage to go into the uh, eliminator. Yeah. And I, I proceeded to uh, let out a, a slew of four letter words. And man, that was TV time for sure right there.
0: <laughs> so. So this isn't live that they're doing it. It's actually recorded and they can do yeah. all the bleeping and all that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. They started filming last year like in uh, March, and then the episode started airing in June. And then towards the season, as, it, as the season progresses, they kind of catch up. So then there are like a month lag time between filming and airing. That's cool.
0: Now, do you guys get paid to do that?
1: We do not get paid to do that. You you, you can win, obviously, and win money, but uh, sure. there's, no, there's no payment to just show up.
0: Now, is it winner takes all, or do they they have uh, money for for second, third, that kind of thing?
1: Well, this year, if you won your group, you you won an Armalite rifle. And in years past, you would win like five thousand dollars. But uh, uh, as you well know, the industry is kind of in a downturn this year, so there were less yeah. sponsors this year than last. So this year there was no cash. Armalite kind of came through and was was the primary sponsor of the show, and they put up Dude, rifles. Dude, I'm
0: telling you, I'm telling you, the freaking industry should be booming. Now maybe the AR industry's down a little bit. I can understand that, but there's so many people out there that own rifles and handguns now. The accessory business should be going through the freaking roof.
1: Yeah, you'd think that, and ammunition. I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody and their brother owns an AR-15 and a pistol, and right. anything, anything else they were scared they were not going to be able to buy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anything else Obama threatened to take away? Yeah, I mean, I I,
1: I help people buy guns nonstop because they couldn't find an AR-15 when they wanted to get one, and they decided that, they needed one. That
0: it. jack wagon has been the best thing that happened to the gun industry in decades.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Heck, that's, that's the first AR-15 I bought was when he got elected. Was it really? Yeah, back in, like, 2008. <laughs> it was a... Uh, the only thing I could find was a Smith & Wesson M&P 15R, which was the 5-point, uh, was it four five by 39, 5-point?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, what what the heck? <laughs> yeah, that one was cheap. Yeah. So let me just kind of integrate our our questions in, um, our first-time guest questions. I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the shows where we've done it, but uh, you've kind of answered the first one, uh, is your father was military, former military, and he had a lot of firearms. What's your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm?
1: I would go to work with my dad. He worked at a feed mill and they would have, uh, mice and rats and stuff running around there. And he had, I forget the brand of this air rifle, but it was like 22 long rifle lethal. I mean, you'd pump that thing up nine times and I couldn't do it. I'd have to have him pump it. It was so hard. Yeah. Forget the name of that thing, but I would shoot rats all day long at work with him. <laughs> so probably. you were their exterminator, huh? Yeah, that's probably the earliest recollection. And then, you know, after that I would hunt. Man, I would I would sneak whatever firearm I could get out of the safe or the closet and I would just walk around for hours in the woods and just destroy anything that moved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool. What was the what's the first firearm that you could call your own that you owned?
1: That I purchased? The first gun that I actually purchased. Well, or
0: maybe somebody gave you a gift, but it was your gun. You could say this one's mine.
1: Uh, well, it was my uh, slug gun for hunting deer. It was a 12-gauge Ithaca Model 37 with a Deer Slayer barrel on it, and I still have that one. Do you, thought, do, uh, you, do you still use it? Do you go hunt with it? I have not hunted with it. Now you can actually hunt with rifles back where I grew up, so I, I, I haven't hunted deer for a long time since I moved out of Wisconsin, but I've taken oh, it out and shot it a few times here and there.
0: Do you have children? I do not. Okay. I was going to say it would be an heirloom. could be an heirloom to pass down.
1: It'll probably end up with some, one of my nephews someday. They both are – I've got two nephews back in Wisconsin that like to hunt, actually. Last, last year, I went up and hunted with a niece and a nephew. That was so much fun. Yeah, this year, I'm like, hey, man, let's get us a good deer lease this year. I'll, I'll, I'll help with the money, blah, blah, blah. And then the kids are right at the age now where they're like, well, maybe I want to play basketball or wrestling. or. So.
0: <laughs> They've got other interests now. Yeah. yeah,
1: now that I wanted to go hunting, they're kind of like, yeah, we're not going to do it this year. Yeah,
0: screw you, Uncle Jesse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a girlfriend.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Do you have any uh, law enforcement or military
1: background? I was in the uh, Army National Guard for nine years. Okay. Uh,
0: what during what time frame were you? Did you see any active duty?
1: Uh, the only active duty I saw was state active duty. We were I was an eighty eight Mike truck driver, so there was two summers where we got called up for uh, tornado assistance, and then. This is the the craziest how lame the National Guard was back then. But uh we got activated for about 3 weeks to haul hay for the drought-stricken farmers of Oklahoma. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and it stayed active Yeah, it was terrible cuz you know our our trucks hadn't been like heavily driven for years and years. they probably never had been. And we would we would lose two trucks a day. I mean it was nonstop. The the mechan- mechanics were just pulling their hair out because we'd there was just a truck on the highway between here and I think we were going up somewhere in Kansas and picking up hay up there and driving it down to southern Oklahoma, but there was just oh, scattered goodness. scattered five ton tractor trailers all along the highway between here and there. Did you did you ever go
0: overseas for anything?
1: I did not. I was I was in between what was it, nineteen I joined when I was seventeen in high school. And I got out in two thousand or two thousand one, so it was like ninety two to ninety two to two thousand one. I think it was. Yeah. Was right in between all the stuff that all, all the good stuff that was happening. So, what kind of trucks did you drive? Uh, the five ton, I forget the nomenclature already, but it was the five ton, the, the six wheel drive. Yeah, uh, light medium duty trucks, I think they called them. I don't oh, think they're. Did, right. you have,
0: did you have to work on them?
1: I did not, thankfully. Uh, no doubt, man. Bad that enough to have nice. to do PMCS stuff. <laughs>
0: What, uh, what kind of firearms, um, exposure did you get while you were in the guard? Any?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, uh we had 50 cal M2s on top of our, our lead truck and our rear trucks. So we had those. We had, uh, 60s. And then probably a few years before I got out, we actually started getting the saws. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. We, I didn't get to shoot those very much. And then we also had the, basically the M2 version of the grenade launcher. So we had the semi-auto grenade launcher on one of the trucks. Got to shoot that once or twice. Mostly with just smoke grenades. Actually, only with just smoke grenades, but. Only
0: smoke grenades? Yeah. yeah
1: still cool. Still cool enough. The, the M2 is by far the coolest firearm that I've ever shot, you know. Even if you're just shooting yeah. blanks, practicing nets or whatever the heck that was. But yeah, so much fun to just fill that cab full of freaking 50 brass. Shovel it <laughs> out. Shovel it out at the end of the day. When no one's shooting back, that's fun.
0: So when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to book, magazine, movie, song, video game? You know, whatever it may be.
1: And pop culture, probably uh, Facebook. You know, I mean, I, I subscribe to a few magazines still, gun magazines, but that's about it on the on the magazine side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite magazine? Three Gun Nation magazine, of course. Three
0: Gun—they have a magazine, okay?
1: They do, yeah. If you sign up for, uh, I think it's forty or forty-five dollars uh-huh. a year, you get a membership number and a. Uh, Bi-monthly subscription to their magazine. Which, Man, I'm
0: learning all kinds of good stuff from you today, so I'm which, writing that down too.
1: I actually do some uh, writing for those guys occasionally here and there if it's if they need like ten words or less. <laughs> 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 yeah, but uh, as far as that, I mean, TV shows. I, I watch nothing really pop culture wise. You know, HBO and some of those those high speed uh, uh series that they have out now. But
0: uh, I'm trying to think on HBO if they've got any. They had one a while back. Um, it was Generation Kill. Did you ever watch that? I did not. That was a pretty good uh, HBO original series that they had
1: out. The, the big series I just finished was uh, Justified off of, I guess it was on FX. Uh, the Raylan Givens dude? Yeah, man, that was great. Heck, that was up kind, of, kind of your neck of the woods.
0: That's hilarious because uh, the guy that I went bounty hunting with today just got him a new hat. And yeah. like Raylan Givens hat. <laughs> So I was calling him railing the whole day.
1: <laughs> I love that show. I mean, other than the, the terrible form they had with the gunplay, but, I mean, it was good. Yeah. Lots, of sh- lots of shootouts. And-
0: so is it actually over now?
1: Yeah, this year was the final season.
0: The final season? Okay. Because so, I watched, like, the first three seasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Of
0: course, you know, I watch it through the internet, and the site that I was watching it on got busted, I guess. So... <laughs> So I couldn't watch it anymore. I got so far behind. I need to get caught up on it, though. Sure.
1: That's what I did. I downloaded them on my iPad, and when I traveled the matches, I'd watch two, three, four episodes as flying here and flying back. That's
0: awesome. Is there, has there ever been a firearm that you've owned that you might be a little ashamed to admit to owning? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm ashamed, but yeah, I probably, when I first got my concealed carry license. It's funny because the, you know, the competitive shooting just really sparked my re- rejuvenated my interest in firearms. So I got my concealed carry. I mean, I, I turned into a full fledged gun nut, you know. And, uh, I purchased like four or five like Rossi 357, 38 special revolvers and I had them like in my car, <laughs> in my desk, all over. And, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, but man, those were just practically
0: placed everywhere.
1: Yeah. And I had, I had one everywhere I could think of. Needed some of those, uh, tactical walls, you know. There you go. Heck yeah. yeah. But uh, that was a pretty lackluster pistol. I mean, they work, but uh, that's probably the most embarrassing gun that I had plenty of. Okay. Do you still I, own those? I do not. I, I upgraded. I Actually, I, I went with the revolvers because my wife told me she liked shooting those because she could see how they would work and rotate, how to load them. And it just made sense to her. And I'm like, all right, I'd much rather have an M&P or a Glock, but whatever. And then, as right. she shot, finally she shot some more, and she's like, "Actually, I don't like shooting these. They're really hard to hold, and you can't load them, and you know all the, all the reasons <laughs> that semi-automatic pistols have taken over the got
0: long-ass that. Exactly.
1: So then I sold all those and upgraded to Glock 17s and 19s and 23s and 26s. So you're a Glock guy. Yeah, just because they're. I don't. I started when I started competing. That's why I used the Glock 34, Glock 35, and. Mm. You know, and they're just, I mean, there's so many parts for them, so many cool gadgets, sights, you name it. So that's what I use. Right.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I cut my teeth on. I started off with the Glock 22. That was my first semi-auto handgun that I could call my own, that I owned. And I uh, just fell in love with them ever
1: since. Yeah. I, I love mean the Glock. They're just... Now, don't get me
0: wrong. I mean, I like other handguns too. <laughs> I mean, I like SIGs. I like um, the h and K. I I like the VP9. I've shot it a few times. A little too big, though, isn't it? Not for my own personal carry. You know, I wouldn't use one of those. I'll stick with the Glock for my personal carry. Use the 23. I'm a 40 guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> I like the 40 round. That's just what I cut my teeth on. So, sure. but I like all guns, man. I like everything. I like all I, firearms, shotguns, yeah. rifles, you name it. Air guns. Man, when I was at shot show last year, uh, was it Crossman? Crossman had a 357 air gun. Wow. They were they were taking down big game with that thing. Damn. It was amazing. I know it. 357 air gun.
1: <laughs> there was a TV show on a, a year or two ago it was uh it was actually kind of half competitive, half hunting and it was all about air guns. It was pretty neat. Oh really? You know, I learned a lot. Same thing they had some big bore guns they were hunting hogs with and stuff and I was I had yeah. no no idea.
0: Didn't know they they allowed them that big, you know, for yeah. an air gun. But yeah, as Crossman had those. I'm, nice. I'm curious to see what they're going to be rocking this year. Bucket list. What is, before you leave this earth, what is the one firearm that you absolutely must gotta have? Laws be damned. Money be damned. What would you have?
1: Hmm. Well, shoot, that's tough. The old 50 cal Barrett definitely high on that list. Yeah. That or like a full auto MP, MP5. Man, I shot. I've never shot a Barrett 50. I've shot, you know, the M2 50, 50 cal machine Mm -hmm. gun, which is, now that would be, if I could have one of those, but that's like getting one of those or something. I'd have one of those or maybe the old M60 mounted on top of a Jeep or something or a UTV and just drive around my range and just fill the, fill the berms with lead. Mount it to
0: your submarine. (laughs) Yeah. Holding
1: that, holding that butterfly and hitting the little handle. Oh man. Yeah. I would say that. I mean, definitely something full auto for sure. But the the 50 minigun. (laughs) Oh, well, I forgot about that. I've never shot a minigun. They had one at uh, oh the range up in Tulsa there, where they had the Pro Series USSA. It's called United States Shooting Kit. Uh-huh. and the owner's a big class, class three guy. He's got a collection that it's huge, I'm told. But he had a minigun there, and you could rent you know hundred rounds or whatever it was for hundred bucks or something of that effect. And every now and then you'd be out there setting targets, and you just are. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, never made, made it. I awesome. never made it over there to shoot the damn thing before they took it down. So,
0: what my one of my bucket list things would be is those A ten Warthogs is is to to shoot one of those thirty cal. Oh yeah, machine guns out of one of those as I'm coming down on an ISIS camp or something. Oh my and god, and just unload one of those. Though I mean, just hearing those things on TV or in the movies is just scary enough.
1: Yeah, just cutting stuff in half. You know, I mean, can you,
0: can you imagine actually in real life, either being in that plane or down on the ground where it's shooting and hearing that? I mean, I would, I'd probably just die of a heart attack.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Depending (laughs) on which end you're on in that, on that situation.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, I would, I would die of a hard on shooting it or I would (laughs) die of a heart attack being shot at.
1: (laughs) You just pass out. You pull, pull the trigger until your blood all rushes from your head.
0: (laughs) That's right. Oh, love it. Um, That would be like bucket list thing for me to do right there. Oh, especially being in an airport like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be phenomenal or doing it, doing a Harrier jet. I would love to, to uh, fly a Harrier jet also do a a VTOL vertical takeoff landing. Gotcha. Uh, Those things are awesome too. Yes. All right. Back to the real world. What, uh, what's your next practical gun that you're going to get?
1: Well, it's probably another pistol. Or just,
0: or just fun gun that you want to have.
1: Well, I'm, 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 like I said earlier, I'm kind of addicted to the whole suppressor thing right now. And I'm still lacking a good 300 blackout. So, ooh, I need something there. Uh, one of my sponsors, Rhino Arms, they're my rifle sponsor. They make, they make, uh, they teamed up with this company called Liberty Suppressors and they make a PDW gun that is fully, uh, integral. I can never say that word right.
0: Integre- I, I'm the same way, man. But, uh- <laughs> Silent Integra- Co. came out with that integrally gr- in grated <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, Basically, the silencer was, is part of the barrel. It's one tax. Right. gun.
0: It's all one
1: gun. It's yeah. So they've got a 16-inch 300 integrated. blackout. It's going to be integrated. Yeah, they they had it at Shot Show last year. It was awesome. And I don't know if you're familiar with Rhino, but they do a lot of cool high-end mm-hmm. billet, billet receivers, carbon fiber handguards, just neat stuff. That is Writing them down too. That is one of the coolest guns I saw last year at Shot. And, uh, you know who's
0: making a 300 blackout, don't you?
1: I do not. Well, everybody.
0: Another one. But <laughs> Another one of your sponsors.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Nordic said they were going to be making something. Yeah. That's interesting because, like you, like you, uh, Leadhead's probably heard on the show, they've, they've made OEM parts for a bunch of big companies for a long time. <laughs> That's and right. Usually you don't see Nordic Components rifles, but I actually have, I think, two lower receivers that say Nordic Components on the side. And they Very would. cool. Yeah, they would typically give that stuff out at matches as prizes. You know, they don't, Mm -hmm. I guess in the past they didn't want to compete with their customers. So they never made rifles. Right. They just made parts and stuff that, you know, the other companies didn't sell. And I don't know, for one reason or the other, they're, they're going to start making their own rifles. I guess why not everybody else's, right?
0: Yeah. They're like, you know, we're, we're making, we're basically making them anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So
0: (laughs) why not just go ahead and start putting our name on them?
1: It was cool though. They used to do some neat stuff. They would anodize them like bluish colored, like their logo. And they'd have yeah. on the prize table, so it was like this one-of-a-kind Nordic Components rifle that you couldn't never purchase, but you could win it. So those were really oh, like awesome. really popular matches. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. yeah, the next rifle or the next gun I'm going to get is either that gun or I've got some uh, Infinity pistols on order that should be here in the next six to eight months. Now, what's an Infinity pistol? Ah, uh, are you familiar with STI? Yes. STI. Well, back in the day, STI and yeah, exactly. And and those are cheap <laughs> cheap compared to an SVI. Uh, you could, you could, uh, Google it and look on wiki and it'll explain the difference between the two companies. Basically, you've got STI. And in Texas? Yeah, both are in Texas. They were, they originally were the same company. Same, same two or three guys started the companies. And at some point there in the early history of uh, STI was a competition shooting gun company. And SVI and STI broke off and basically STI became what they are now and they mass produced competition oriented guns in 1911s, double stack polymer frames. Right. And, uh.
0: Are they doing 2011s also?
1: Yeah, STI patented the 2011. Okay. SVI makes the same sort of gun. They both had the patent on that double stack 1911, whatever that patent was, double stack 1911 frame. That was, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the grip was different pieces. I don't know what the patent actually says, but basically they make the same thing. Well, STI went down the road of mass production, and SVI went down the road of custom-built pistols. So for the yes. last 20 years, they've been custom-building pistols. You, know, you order one, they build it there's one guy that builds every pistol so they're very uh, they don't make a lot of guns a year it's about a 12 month wait to get right. one
0: and they're very well, expensive <laughs> yeah yeah they're
1: about I would say probably 20 30 percent more than an STI would be but I mean they're 20 30 percent prettier and and better More rare trait. yeah I and mean, every gun is, if you want a, if you want it you can think of it they'll build it so it's it's like building a Wilson combat but getting it you know customized the way right. you want Wilson combat build it so so um, do you want to get one of those? Yeah, I've actually got a single sec 1911 on order. I actually had used to have all STIs and uh, I got hooked up with SVI just, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I want the next step and that was it. Mm-hmm. And ordered some. I've got four of them now. And uh, are these going to be competition guns? Yeah, everything's always got a competition use. That's my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> tax tax write off, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if there's a division or a scenario or whatever that I need it for, I can justify buying it. Even if it go. costs four grand, you know, so. Yeah, uh, this the wife's is behind
0: you on it because it's part of your profession, right? You need it. You need <laughs> yeah. it to be
1: successful. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. She's never behind that, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's one of those cool chicks. She's she's behind you 100%.
1: No, she doesn't really care, but at the same time, she cares. You know, it's kind of like. Oh, it's money, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I've got one of those on order, and I'm, I'm contemplating. You know, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a 12 month wait, so you kind of have to order one in like every six months, so you always got a new gun coming in. <laughs>
0: there you go. Sure. But it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell one, to the rotation. one.
1: But the hard thing is, is that you know they build a few thousand pistols a year or so, and you uh, they've got a Facebook group, and and uh, you follow. the post pictures of the new guns that somebody built, and you're like, oh man, that one looks so much better than the one I was going to build. So you're like. <laughs> Yeah, you email Brandon like, hey, man, I'm going to change the look of mine. You see that new site you just did or that new slide or that color or whatever it was. Let's do that. And a week later, it gets back. She's like, okay, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you never get the gun because you're always changing it. Yeah. It. Well, it only takes them maybe a month or so to build the gun, so you have time. And actually, right. well, I was really surprised. You, you know, you can custom pick your Shield number. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I've actually got – they make a really cool gun. It's a black DLC finish. And then the titanium nitride, the barrel and a bunch of other parts. So you've got these, it's, it's kind of ghetto looking, but at first I thought it was really gaudy and ugly, but then it kind of grew on me. <laughs> it grew on you. Yeah. Uh, and, and people are always taken back by it because it's so different. And the, uh, I, I showed the picture of something similar to my wife. I'm like, man, I need to pick a serial number. And all the other, all the other serial numbers I picked were kind of three gun oriented. Yeah. And she's like, panty dropper. <laughs> panty dropper. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, like,
0: Thanks, honey. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's
1: that's what that black and gold pistol is—is is the panty dropper.
0: The panty dropper. That's awesome, man. It's, pretty, it's you actually You to the, the hardest... post pi- pictures of your guns when you get them. If you post them up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's all over my Instagram page and Facebook. If you if you cool. dig into the uh, albums and stuff, but it's really hard to pick a serial number because you know you're like, okay, this is going to stick with this pistol, and if I ever decide to sell this pistol, who's going to want to buy the panty dropper? Uh,
0: everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that kind of figures it. A lot of people use their name, and then you're, you know, I'm not a big fan of selling guns, but eventually it happens. Yeah. So then who's going to want to buy the, the, the Joe Smith gun, you know? Joe Smith 1. I think you can have No, it
0: depends. You know, if, if you're Jerry Michelick. You know. oh. <laughs> there you go. That actually would be there, a good score number. You'd probably add an additional $1,000 to the price of the gun.
1: <laughs> it's true. I thought about that, and I don't know if it would be a compliment or embarrassment if i did some of that myself
0: (laughs) i mean never i mean mean, never saw it you're kicking ass right now in three guns so might ought to get a couple with your name on it as the serial number
1: i thought about it i mean you can put logos they'll they'll do anything you want the there's always
0: put talking lead on there
1: there you go a lot of companies (laughs) will do that they'll put their their company name or you know something similar to that on there it it works out well
0: yeah i mean who doesn't like talking lead it is
1: it is actually a very catchy name so Have you seen that, uh, well, there's that episode of Shooting USA. They go and tour the, like, the Hollywood gun store. It's this, you know, company that does nothing but make cool guns for Hollywood and makes them only take blanks and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's pretty neat. I mean, that place was,
1: it was ginormous. You would not, I mean, they're all fake guns. I mean, they were real at one point, but then they reconvert them and, but, uh, awesome They make them movie safe. Yeah, exactly. Or they just make them fake. I mean, some of the stuff is just completely unrealistic, but, you know, like some of the, the like science, the Star science fiction Wars,
0: guns and shit.
1: Exactly. Those. There's like one place out there that does it all.
0: Oh, that's cool. And Shooting USA did a little tour of it.
1: They did. Uh, uh, I don't know if you heard of the guy, Terry. Oh, Butler. Check that out. Yeah, he, yeah. He's he's out there in Absolutely. Hollywood. If You follow him on Facebook. He does a lot of training with some of the stars. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have hooked that up.
0: All right. One more question, and then we're going to get into our fact to fight the myth. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone or any group. Fictional, dead, still living, who would it be?
1: Well, I'm pretty performance-focused, so I'd probably be a class with somebody teaching me how to run one of my guns better. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because we were talking about him earlier, comes to mind is uh, Kyle Lamb.
0: Kyle Lamb, okay.
1: You know, I mean, he... I read, Major Lamb. Yeah, I've read his books, watched his videos. He's done some competitive shooting stuff to, to coordinate with the... The tactical stuff that he does, and I, I mean, I think that stuff dovetails together perfectly. You, you can, you can never shoot too fast, no matter what you're doing. If you're shooting it at deer, people, targets, whatever it may be, shooting fast no is always thing. a good thing.
0: Yeah, no such thing as too
1: fast. No, so I think he'd be a great instructor, and he seems like a pretty cool dude too. So
0: yeah, that was, uh, I think that was actually one of the people that Casey picked, also. And, Of course, Jerry, he picked him, and Casey Knutson with Nordic picked him also.
1: Yeah, so Jerry's, Jerry's a good guy to shoot with. I've actually got the pleasure to shoot with Jerry a bunch of times, so I couldn't pick him again.
0: Right, yeah, you, you've actually had that pleasure. Yeah, so.
1: it's, funny, it's funny you say, Jerry, the first, well, it may have been the second, first or second big three-gun match I ever, you know, left Oklahoma to go shoot, I was on his squad. And, oh,
0: man, I bet oh, you were intimidated, huh?
1: Oh, man, well, I mean, yeah, no, I was, I, every stage I asked him, I was like, Jerry, what choke are you running your shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> what like, I- what main vacation you get your scope set up for this long stuff?
0: <laughs> Every stage he's like, the same questions. He's like, kid here, I'm just gonna write everything down for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad.
1: He's super nice guy, man. It's like shooting with your granddad. He just that's super what everybody helpful. said. I mean,
0: and that's what I've noticed. Everybody in this this industry, especially the three gun, when I go to these competitions, everybody just seems like they're more than happy, willing. It's almost like they want to talk to the new and up and coming guys and give them tips and tricks and pointers. I've even seen them, let them run their, their gear, you know, their equipment.
1: Oh, for sure. I've, so uh, I've kept an extra set of stuff around, you know, obviously as a backup, but I mean, I'll loan out my stuff nonstop to people. Yeah. It's, it's a just great mis- community. Misery loves company. <laughs> 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 you know, that's, and that's right. one thing, you know, I, I started, what I say, 2009. So that's five, six years ago. -hmm. And I was 32, 33 years old. And man, if I could have found this when I was 20, 21, 22 years old, talk about wasted, waste of 10 years not shooting stuff I really, really enjoy. Of course, I might not have been able to afford all the ammunition I go through nowadays back then. Uh,
0: That's uh, true. I don't guess it was around back then either, was it?
1: Yeah, they've had three guns since uh, they used to have Soldier of the Fortune matches back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. You know, it was really small and it was definitely a different game as it is now. Right, but so definitely
0: yeah, becoming more, more pop culture, more commercialized. Sure. Yeah. Heck, when I started
1: in two thousand nine, there wasn't a match in Oklahoma. I had I drove to Fort Smith, Arkansas, three hours to shoot my first ever match, and I man, it was. I actually got to shoot with Taryn Butler on his squad, my first match ever. Very and, cool. Uh, it was kind of a regional thing, and. Man, my stuff was so jacked up. I had, like, a UTG scope riser on my Trijicon scope. It it wasn't the right height because I had no idea about mounting scopes, so I couldn't even rotate from 1.25 to 4. I had to, like,
0: couldn't do it on the clock. It had to stop.
1: There was no throw levers. It was actually touching the pick rail on my rifle, so I had to, like, crank it over so bad.
0: You get a file and file it down. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but there, there was. Taryn Butler squad, and I was just like seeing that dude shoot. I could not believe it. I'm like, but, I, need, I need to figure. But how you got to start.
0: That. You got to start somewhere, you know. And that's what we tell people is like, you know, just do it. These <laughs> these three gun competitions are open to anybody. So if you got a pistol, you got a shotgun, you got a rifle, get you some ammo, and just go and worry about your gear later. You know, just yeah. go and do it, enjoy it, have a good time, and the gear will come as you get more experienced more involved with it.
1: Exactly, and that actually kind of ties in with my uh, fact to fight a myth. Well, perfect.
0: Good segue. So now it's time for our Sonoran Desert Institute's Fact to Fight the Myth.
1: SDI is proud to present the talking-led Fact to Fight the Myth. Jesse, what have
0: you got for us this week?
1: Well, like you were saying, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and gun forums and everything, and I'm a big proponent of the shooting sports, whether it's three-gun, pistol, you name it. When it comes to coming to a match, you always see guys that like, hey, I'm interested, but I think I want to come watch first, or I'm not quite good enough, I need to practice before I come out. And (laughs) This guy, (laughs) that's me. You don't need to do that. I mean, when we all start, I'm sure there's some guys that start that are really good, but most of us that start are terrible like compared to Jerry Micklick we're all terrible and you know the first match I ever shot I dropped magazines I ran out of ammo couldn't finish the stage you name it and that all that was to me was okay I'm gonna get better at this because I don't like sucking at anything so and it's just it's, it's fun I mean there's there's all kinds of guys out there that are never going to be a, a pro shooter but they enjoy having a reason to take their guns out on the weekend and run them so that's my fact is you don't need to practice before you come shoot just come and shoot
0: yeah but be safe.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know I mean,
0: no, 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 the safety, but yeah, just get your guns out of the safe, knock the cobwebs off of them, and go
1: shoot them. That's what exactly. you got them for. You, you do not need uh, to practice first. Just come out and shoot. Know the safety. They make obviously.
0: ammunition every day. Yep. <laughs> they're not going to run out of ammunition.
1: No. They might no. run out
0: of money, but they're not going to run out of ammunition.
1: Really, the, gonna... the only good excuse I can, I can hear from anyone – About not coming out to shoot a match is just expense. I mean, it's not cheap to burn through a hundred rounds out of each gun and pay a match fee and drive and all that stuff, but if you can afford it, you've got the gear, you got the guns, come do it, man. You'll wish you would have done it a year years ago.
0: Exactly. Just uh don't buy that can of skull for a month. You know, see how much money you'll save there. Put that toward ammo. Quit you know, quit buying your cigarettes, quit buying your alcohol. Uh you know, just sacrifice something for a month. Something that's frivolous that you don't really uh, need to survive and put that towards your entry fees. Entry fees are cheap. I mean, some of them are like 20 bucks just to sure. to go and in, enter some of these local contests and then just, you know, get your ammo. You don't need match grade ammo either to go, you know, shoot your first match.
1: You do not. It is man.
0: Just go buy I, some freaking full metal jacket and go shoot.
1: Yeah. And like you said, man, if you don't have all the guns and gear, I've loaned out my stuff. I've loaned out my match guns at club matches more often, more times than I can count. So if you need stuff, Get on your Facebook, get on your local gun forum. There's, there's somewhere to contact people that are at that match or somewhere they're talking about your matches locally to right. you. Get on there and talk to him, man. Like I said, misery loves company. If you were like, man, I don't have any shotgun caddies or I don't have any mag pouches. Chances are there's a guy like me that's got six of everything <laughs> because he
0: likes, <laughs> he'll he be happy to sell you one of his old ones. <laughs> I've done a lot of that too. Cause he's just, he's just won a new one or he just, one of his sponsors just gave him a new one. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Very cool. So that is a good fact to fight the myth. SDI's 32 Semester Credit Hour Certificate Program in Gunsmithing and 60 Credit Hour Associate of Science in Firearms Technology Degree Program can work hand-in-hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered via distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. All right, guys, that was a great fact to fight the myth from Jesse. Appreciate you uh, bringing that to us today, Jesse. Now it's time for our trivia, and I know you guys are anxious to find out who won the Nordic Components MXT Shotgun Extension. And so what you guys had to do was, and we let this run longer than normal just so we could give everybody a a fair opportunity because I know a lot of people will download the shows and listen to them later, or they kind of binge listen. They'll wait a couple of weeks, three or four weeks, and download three or four shows and listen to them. So I think I'm going to start doing all my trivia questions that way from here on out is to give you guys uh, a couple of shows in between the questions. Uh, That way it gives everybody an opportunity to try to win some cool prizes like this uh, Nordic Components MXT shotgun magazine extension kit. So you had to watch the video where Jesse is shooting the NCR-22RB-22 upper from Nordic Components. And that was kind of the answer to the 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 question, is you had to tell them on their post what he was shooting. And obviously that was it. It was the 9.25 NC-22 RB. It's there in the title, so if you just went to the page, you didn't even have to watch the damn video to to get the right answer. And then you also had to like their page, like the video, and then leave the comment with your answer and say Leadhead was here. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in you guys because we've only got about – I think 16 or 17 people that actually took part. Uh, we should have had a whole lot more participation in this competition.
1: It might have been my mustache. I'm not it, sure. That might I've, have turned people off.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of a, a cool black Bart looking kind of stash there.
1: <laughs> it was around Halloween. Goes, I, was, I was experimenting.
0: There you go. There you go. But uh, the right – and. All the people who were on there got the right answer, um, and we'll verify, but I'm pretty sure everybody liked it. I know this guy did. He's the winner. And, Jesse, tell them who the winner is.
1: The winner of the Nordic MXT shotgun tube extension kit is Bobby Partida. Or Partida.
0: Partida!
1: Congrats, Partida. my friend.
0: Congratulations, Bobby. We appreciate you taking part. Get in touch with me via my Facebook page. And get me your contact information. And we'll make sure to put you in touch with Casey Knutson over there at Nordic Components. And he'll set you up uh, with whatever shotgun you've got uh, for that extension. So congratulations. And thanks to everybody who took part. Uh, Appreciate you lead heads. And we still haven't got a winner for the Primec. Um, Let me see where that video's at right now. you got to get 900. And we were only 50 away, I think, last show. Let's see if we're up. We might be giving it away today. Hold on. Oh, you guys are killing me. All right, it's only 874 views. We still need 26 more views before we can give away those videos. So the Primec Trivia Question Prize is still up for grabs. You guys can listen to the past shows to find out how what you got to do to win that. Got it posted on Facebook page. But really cool, he's going to give you three videos of your choice, three videos from Primec. And uh you gotta get that up to nine hundred. I mean it's only nine hundred, holy shit. you know, you'd think ten of you could go put it in the loop and get it up to nine hundred. Anyway. All right, Ladhead, so now it's time for this week's trivia question. And to be no surprise, it's gonna be something related to Jesse, and we're gonna make it something on his Facebook page. We're gonna make it easy for you like we did the Nordic
1: components. All right, I apologize for making you guys watch a video of me shooting two weeks in a row here. <laughs> but, <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, go to my Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Jesse Tishauser. It should come up if you just search it. Uh, watch T-I-S-C-H-A-U-S-E-R. I don't think there's anyone else with that same name other than my brothers or my dad, so you should be good. Uh, watch the video I've got pinned on top. It's called MP Chamber Shotgun Speed Reload. Like the page, like my page, like the video, and then comment how many shells are thrown at me as long as well as the lead head was here. There you go. So guys, pretty
0: much just like the Nordic components, go to his Facebook page, like it, like the video, and then leave your answer in the comment sections for that video and say lead head was here. And the winner is going to get their choice of an AR 15 double speed load rifle, Molly pouch from tack shield, or you can uh, get, a pistol magazine pouch from Tax Shield. So your choice, winner gets that, and they also
1: get... I've got a Streamlight ink hat that I will send you, and I, I may be able to dig up some more goodies that are yet to be determined. My apologies for not being a little more on the ball here, but I'm sure I've got some more stuff from some of my awesome sponsors that I'll throw in that uh, prize pack.
0: There you go. So you're also going to get a little uh, a little care package from Jesse with some swag
1: from some of his sponsors. Very cool. We'll find you something good. There's, there's plenty of logos on my shirt.
0: <laughs> so we'll give you a couple of weeks on this one also uh, before we announce a winner, and I'll be posting it on Facebook, uh, social media. Uh, make sure you go check us out on the Gun District also. Uh, that's a new social media, uh, 2A-friendly place. So uh, leadheads heads go there. Uh, I'll be posting stuff there as well. I think you can link that to Facebook. So when I do post there, it'll automatically go to Facebook, but I'm still learning it, but I'll get there. Jesse, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up rest of the year? You got any more matches or tournaments?
1: Nothing big. The, uh, the season kind of end, ended for me here a few weeks ago, but, uh, I've got uh, local matches. If you're anywhere in the Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas area, you may see me at one of your club matches. Um, next big thing is shot show, obviously. And then uh, next season starts probably, for me, in about uh, mid-May.
0: Mid-May. And do you already have something scheduled for that?
1: Or I do not. We're kind of waiting on the announcement of 3 Gun Nation Pro Series, when those dates are going to be, before I start signing up for stuff that isn't 3 Gun Nation approved. So
0: I got you. When do they start filming the 3 Gun Nation?
1: Last year it was in March, but uh, usually they kind of get their budget done at or around SHOT Show, get the sponsors lined out, and then they make their announcements. So usually uh, February, mid-February, I would say.
0: Okay. Good deal, and obviously you're going to be a part of that as well, so people can watch you on the 3-Gun Nation. What
1: station is that on? It's on the Sportsman's channel, as well as I think Blaze TV covers it as well, or carries it. Okay,
0: and then obviously they can go Google 3-Gun Nation, and the website will have everywhere you can watch it. they probably got some videos on there too.
1: Yeah, they've got some past episodes. You can actually download them on carbontv.com. Oh, okay, Carbon Carbon TV. just search Three Gun Nation and they've got links to everything on their website. It's actually got a bunch of info on there, so or you can yeah. Google Jesse T three gun and you'll find anything and everything that I've ever done on the internet, good or bad. Okay.
0: Now speaking of, where are you where all are you? You're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and I'm everywhere,
1: man. I'm uh, a friend of mine called me the Howard Stern of Three Gun. So
0: <laughs> he's got, everywhere. He's everywhere.
1: I've uh, I've got Facebook. That's probably the fastest, easiest way to reach me. I've got a website with all my sponsors and some photos and videos on there. I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, Instagram has been my latest and greatest craze, man. It's just full of cool pictures and none of the old talking about anything. It's just here's a cool pic every three, four, five, 24 hours type thing. So. Uh, yeah. like I said you can find me on Facebook I've got a, a athlete page or professional page and then I've got my personal page but they're both open so you can see everything I do there um, Instagram is probably the coolest thing because I post pictures and videos and little short tidbits and stuff so if you do that see me there I'm also on the gun district I've got a profile over there I'm, I'm like like you are I'm still learning that trying to integrate <laughs> it into my social media uh, yeah,
0: menagerie, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I do the Twitter this thing, but so many of them, man. I know, huh. I know, Twitter, Tumblr, you name it. Usually, I just kind of cross post. I'm not a, I'm not. LeBron, I love it when LeBron James. So LeBron I James. Need, I don't need my own Twitter. You know, nobody cares what I'm doing on a Friday night. They just want to see me right. shoot.
0: The less things that I have to interact with, the better. The safer for everybody. <laughs> but you're mentioning about all your sponsors. Who all sponsors you? <laughs>
1: Well, I've got a, a comprehensive list of with, as you know, with three gun, there's tons of guns and gear. And I've like NASCAR. <laughs> I've tried to cover every base, man. I want, I want sights, grips, you name it. So, uh, like yeah. I said, if you go to my website, I've got a, a, tab there. You can click that says sponsors. My big ones are Rhino Arms. They, they sponsor me with rifles. They're out of St. Louis, Missouri. They make some really high end cool stuff. And we actually released a gun together this year, kind of more geared towards the entry level, not something they had done in the past. So. Um, if you hit me up, I've got discount codes for a lot of my sponsors. So if you see a logo on my website that you're like, Hey, this guy's got something that I need, uh, hit me up on Facebook and I'll send you a discount usually seven to 15% off. So sweet. Uh, yeah. Optics planet is one of my big sponsors. They have over a million SKUs. So if there's something gun wise that you want, other than they got
0: everything, in
1: the, the only thing they don't sell right now is magazines and, uh, serialized firearms, all the parts they'll sell. So, Right. Uh, e- even some of my other sponsors, they'll sell it cheaper than than they will. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got a 10% off discount for Optics Planet, so if you want to get some gear before uh, the holidays, and chances are I'm going to have a little bit better discount codes coming up here with Black Friday, so hit me up.
0: Ooh, sweet. Uh, uh,
1: Freedom Munitions, that's my ammunition sponsor. Uh, J. Dewey Cleaning Rods, they're a big sponsor. And then uh, Chamber View, cham- safety flags. And, uh, of course, your sponsor and my sponsor, Nordic Components.
0: There you go, Nordic Components, and he's got a discount code. We've got a discount code. Get seven percent off. Oh, one, one, of their, one of them.
1: One of their company. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got a seven point two five percent discount code. If you match, oh, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the same. same oh, Too bad. You can't combine them, right?
0: Yeah, that would be something. But like you said, with these Black uh, Friday specials coming up, um, you can use them in conjunction with those, and yes, be some you big. You should be really rocking. Get some great gifts for your uh, gun enthusiast or for yourself.
1: Yep stuff uh, your own stuff your own stocking.
0: When somebody asks you what you want for Christmas, just give them the discount code and say, "Go there and buy it." Exactly
1: one uh, one sponsor I'd like to mention that's kind of uh, I thought was kind of cool this year was Zero Tolerance Knives. Oh it's- yeah. Yeah, it's always kind of our goal to get you know the Pepsi, Coca Cola, something that's not gun related in yeah. the in the shooting sports, and just out of the blue this year, I managed to get a deal going with those guys, and it uh, looks like it's going to grow next those year. Are and some they're going to kick ass knives, man. Oh man, to be—I'll be honest with you—I actually was interested in the Kershaw line because I've had those since I was a kid. My dad was a big Kershaw fan, and we started talking, and they're like, "Hey, we'd like to put you in the zero tolerance stuff," and my jaw hit the floor, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah."
0: Well, Don't get me wrong, I love Kershaw. I've got several Kershaw knives. My uh, dive knife is a Kershaw knife. Nice. Um, but you know, it's just price
1: point wise, I
0: just can't justify spending the money on a zero tolerance knife. You know, they're just they're just like out of my price range. You know, yeah, it's it's
1: definitely not the kind of knife you want to lose. You know. No, no. And, and I've, that's that's why I had a lot of Kershaw's because I'm pretty good at losing knives, but yeah.
0: But the great thing about them is, you know, they've got the warranty on them. They're tough. They're going to last a lifetime. They're heirloom-type quality uh, knives. So, yeah. I mean, they're well worth the price. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just, I'm just a cheap ass. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've been a big fan of the uh, – they make some really cool carbon fiber slash titanium stuff. I'm a mechanical engineering by degree, mechanical that's engineer. Sweet. So that stuff, when I saw that, I was – Okay, I'm like, I'll take one of each of those, please. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty cool to have a non endemic, you know, gun, gun, uh, company or a knife company get into the gun side of things. It was, kind of but a it makes sense
0: because gun people are knife people also. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, I was actually watching, uh, the reason I contacted them, I was watching an old video back in, uh, it was when, uh, shooting sports were actually on ESPN back in the day, probably in the 90s. And one dude had buck knives on his jersey. I'm like, man, why? Why isn't? Why? Where's the tie-in here? Why would lose that? And uh, I hit zero tolerance up or Kershaw up, and here we are today. So they're they're getting involved with three gun, getting involved with myself. So pretty cool.
0: Makes perfect sense. You know, I get a lot of people ask me like, you know, why do you sponsor an MMA fighter? Why do you sponsor a NASCAR truck? You know, why do you? I was like, well, because all those people are also. The majority of them are into outdoors and guns and hunting and gear. You know, it just yeah. it makes sense.
1: Chances are, if you're watching any of that stuff, you have a firearm or two. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and a knife, or, and
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Or you, or you like to camp out, or you know, yeah, you're do something outdoors. You like to fish, you know, whatever. It's all related somehow. I mean, it's stuff, it, it ties, stuff,
1: stuff. Men like stuff, and women. There you go, as well.
0: Uh, again, big thanks to our new sponsor, Tactical Walls. Uh, make sure you guys go to tacticalwalls.com and use that Leadhead discount code there, Nordic Components, as Jesse and I were just talking. All the codes are the same. It's Leadhead, all capital, all one word, Leadhead. And you're going to get discount at Nordic Components. You're going to get a discount at Tactical Walls. You're going to get a discount at uh, at Dipstick. Uh, their website's dip one two three. And go to Promic, and you're going to get a big discount there. I think he's giving 15% discount there. So if you're tired of waiting on trying to win those videos, just go buy them. You, know, you get 15% off. Go buy a dozen of them and give them as, as Christmas gifts. I want to thank Troy. I want to thank Kalashnikov USA. I want you guys to go and support Mission 22. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That is unacceptable. Uh, we need to get the awareness out there. So you guys go to their website, buy their shirts, buy their hats, buy their koozies. You know, whatever they've got, whatever you uh, can wear, rock, talk about, get people talking about this problem that we have in our country about our uh, our sheepdogs that are committing suicide. Twenty-two a day. That's eight thousand a year. The numbers are staggering. We want to eliminate that. So get the awareness out there. Go to Mission Twenty-Two. Uh, and then on all your social media, make sure you do hashtag MI22ION. Sheepdog Impact Assistance, Sheepdog IA. These guys, you've heard me talk about them many times. They're helping our former sheepdogs stay active in getting groups together for these disaster recovery Missions, keeping them active, or former military, former law enforcement, uh, fire department. Even if you never served, you weren't military, you weren't uh, fire department, EMS, any of that, you could still help out, still join the mission. Go to Sheepdog IA and learn how you can either donate money, donate your time uh, to help those guys there as well. Uh, make sure you guys send me your suggestions on ankle holsters. I'm I'm in the market for a new ankle holster, and also I wanted to throw this out, something for you guys to be thinking about. Torture test. Are you tired of seeing the torture test videos? I never personally. I never get enough of watching torture test videos. What about you, Jesse?
1: Man, uh, a wreck veteran did some torture tests, and that's some of the few I've watched when he just blew up the Glock, blew up the AR, blew up the AK. Those were yeah. awesome. very long, but I sat and the watched a yeah. Yes, I just wanted to see those guns melt. You know,
2: so. I know it, I know
0: it. So, you know, that, that's my question to you guys is, are you tired of the torture test? Uh, what would you like to see new, different? What would make it more exciting on a torture test? Do you like the ones that go overboard? Do you like them to stay realistic? Uh, give me your feedback on that, because obviously I've got some ideas uh, on some videos coming up. Uh, you heard when VSO, Spectre with VSO Gun Channel was on here, we're talking about doing some AK-47 torture tests. want to get some feedback on that. That's coming up, something that a project we're going to be doing next year. But uh, next year's coming up. It's around the corner. All right, Jesse, thanks again for being on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, look forward to having you on again, and hopefully we can hook up at SHOT Show. Not before you ever get uh, to this neck of the woods,
1: Tennessee. I do, man. There's a bunch of matches out there at the Rock Castle, so uh, we can make it happen. And, and if, if I don't get there, I definitely like uh, Lower Broadway there in Nashville, Tennessee. That's one of my favorite places in the whole world.
0: Oh heck yeah, brother! I'll uh, I'll take you around to some of the, the local places there.
1: Heck good yeah! Time. I've never been off the main strip there, so that would be fun. Okay,
0: good
1: deal. It's it's done. Considered it done. <laughs> and as always, lead heads,
0: keep your loved ones close.
1: And keep your rhino arms closer.
0: Rhino, <laughs> you going on a safari? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. We are on location this week. It's the, <laughs> the Orient Express. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> oh my gosh, all the sirens and everything are going off. That was awesome. <laughs> Trains,
2: planes, and emergencies. There's no the house, will a body cramps. Isn't
0: it great to sit in live? Yeah, I know, right? Okay.